Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. So I can't believe the weather has gone from 90s and 100s to that fall crispy, uh, leaves are falling, you're chilly in the morning, but warm by the afternoon type of day. Welcome to September already. It's just crazy. Uh, I started seeing all the kids back to school photos on social media in the last couple of days. And as usual, September 1st always brings up me lamenting about how I cannot take the Hogwarts Express. So that's just my own sadness for the day. Um, What else is going on out there? We've got Facebook is starting to talk about creating some kind of a metaverse. Uh, Think Ready Player One's Oasis. That's what they're trying to create. They want to have some kind of an online world that everybody goes to. You work in it, you meet people, you have all, everything happens online because the real world sucks so much. That's where everyone hangs out. And please, universe, hear me on this. Please let somebody else be smarter and faster to that idea than Facebook. I think we're in trouble if Facebook holds that one in in their hands. So for all you people that are smart, now you know what to work on. Um, let's see, what else is happening out there? Uh, Twilight fans, if you were a fan, whether it was the book or the movie, and I will admit I loved the books. I was a big fan of them. Stephanie Myers did a great job. I remember getting sucked into it when I worked at the credit union and we would sit in between customers and we would read the, these books and um, there were a whole bunch of us in a row and we'd just all talk about what was happening and where we were at and oh my gosh, can you believe this happened? So anyway, really good if you haven't. If your only exposure to the Twilight Saga has been through the movies, I'm sorry, it just doesn't it it's not as great of a of a of a film as it was a book so for people that think the twihard fans are crazy uh, there's a reason because the books were really good the movies didn't quite do it justice um but for fans of the twilight saga stephanie myers has confirmed that there are two more books that she is coming out with uh she just released Midnight Sun, which is essentially Twilight from Edward Cullen's point of view. And it was teased for over a decade and so much so that I actually thought the whole book was out. So I didn't even know it came out as a full book because I thought the bits and pieces that I've read so many times over the years was the actual thing. So um, if you haven't read that yet, go check it out. It's essentially the exact same thing from a different point of view. My guess is that those next two books are going to be similar. Um, I'm thinking we're going to have a Jacob version, so that way she can explore the mythology of the Quileute, and I know I mispronounced that, uh, of that tribe, and, um, you know, growing up in that area, because I know she really likes the mythology and, um, the getting deep into the world that she's that she's writing about. And I think the other interesting angle would be um, Alice, simply because Alice was such an amazing character in the books. And I think she did 
good in the first movie, but the other movies just kind of fell flat for Alice. So um, that's my guess. Who knows? I guess we'll have to wait and see. I know she's working on other books right now, so it might be 10 more years of this teasing before we get anything any further there. Um, But without further ado, tonight I want to talk about the movie Beaches. So just like Steel Magnolias, uh, Beaches was the sleepover movie of choice in the late 80s for most girls. I cannot tell you how many nights I cried on this one with my friends, trying to imagine any of us being that old, much less any of us having kids or dying. It, I was amused, actually, after re-watching this the other night, how much I still remembered. I could still practically say all the lines of the movie, and of course, the music, I was singing right along, because it is Bette Midler. I mean, how can you not? Um... This So it was a, a big sleepover movie because there's sad points in it. People die in it. So it's just like Steel Magnolias in that regard. And, you you know, everybody puts their arms around each other and, oh, I, we're going to be friends forever. And, um, you know, it, you just can't picture what this must look like in the future because, you know, they're old ladies by then, which just makes me laugh because I think I'm, um, I am older now than Barbara Hershey was playing the character in Beaches. So that just kind of, <laughs> that sort of hit home today when I was watching that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually in age older than the character that she was portraying now. So, um, but I do love these movies simply because there are a few things that these movies get right. And women's friendships are so different. Um, I think this one is a good representation for a lot of us that grew up in this time frame because they they weave in and out of each other's lives. And at the end of the day, when one needs the other, she drops everything and she's there. As a kid, we had pen pals. That's how old I am. We would exchange addresses just like what they did in the movie, and we would write each other letters. And there would be years that we wouldn't see each other. Um, and sometimes you would only see each other at camp or, um, you know, my, my family stayed out at a campground in the summertime and I had one friend that would come only one or two weeks out of the summer. And that's the only time I would see her. And so we would write letters back and forth all the time. And so these characters talk about, you know, gosh, am I ever going to see you again? That kind of thing. And, And I can relate to that because that's how it was. We, you didn't call long distance, you know, um, and it was rare when you actually did pick up the phone and call each other long distance. So it uh, letters became the only way that you communicated. So to watch how this happened, and I think you can tell a lot about a person through written communication. And I still enjoy writing. I don't have much time for it anymore, but I love grabbing a nice stationery or a nice card and sending someone a note. I think it's it's really personal. It's um, It lets that other person know that you took time. You know, I mean, it takes longer than it does to shoot a text message. And although I can be there for my friends now in a way that I've never been able to before because it's instant, and if something's happening, we can know about it right away, it's it's personal in a way that lets you know this person took time out of their schedule. They they took time. They were thinking of you. 
um, enough time to actually put something to paper and send it off. So I, I love it. And it's still a favorite form of communication for me. Um, and I do find that there are occasions that I like to go find a fitting card or sometimes I'll order some on Etsy um, and send them to someone for a certain occasion uh, just because I, I want them to feel special. And I think that expresses that. So anyway, um, the, you know, it, it also makes me chuckle at how often they say that in the movie of, am I ever going to get to see you again kind of thing? Because they are, they're kids, they're growing up, they go to school, they, um, have relationships and all of this kind of stuff. And it's the exact same thing that happens today with friends and, you know, we have jobs, we have responsibilities, you have families, and it keeps you hanging out with people that live right across town. And that's the hard part for me as an adult, because it's like the part of me that says, I really want to hang out with my friends. I need to be with people, you know, that are my friends. Um, and then the other part that just does not have time. And it it's something that I'm working on. I'm working to try to balance my life more because uh, there are better things to do with your time than work all the time like I've been doing. So say as I do, not as, say as I do as I say, not as I do. Um, so in the movie, Hillary contracts viral cardiomyopathy. And at the time of this movie, it was fatal. Uh, there was not treatment. There were not, um, there were not options for patients that developed this. So, the idea that she would not survive something like this to raise her own daughter was truly the reality at the time. Today, there are treatments available. It has a much higher success rate. Um, they they put in pacemakers and other things. Um, so they're able to help patients that have the same disease. But back then, this was not an option. So it was a scary thing to watch how quickly someone could go downhill like that, but it was also the reality of the time. So it's that a little bit dated when you watch it now, but um, I think Barbara Hershey did a fantastic job of playing Hillary, uh, especially the sick Hillary, and I think she was pretty convincing in many parts there. And I just want to take a minute and talk about the music in this movie. So what a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, this is one that I play quite frequently, uh, especially on long drives. It is, it is something that pops up in my playlists, um, especially the song uh, Industry and Otto Titzling. It just makes me chuckle every time. And it's a fast paced tongue twister. So it's also a lot of fun. So just what a great way to showcase such an excellent uh, character that CeCe Bloom is played by Bette Midler. And, you know, you, when you have somebody like Bette Midler playing a role, you have to show all of her talent. And I think that this movie does that quite well. Um, let's see what else that, so the other thing that cracks me up is when Cece go, goes out to the beach house with them and Hillary's daughter and her are so much alike. They're, they're just butting heads left and right. And there's a great part about, um, 
Cece left a towel in the bathroom and just the interaction between the two is um, is hilarious. And I think it shows great chemistry for all the characters in that scene. Uh, but one thing I noticed that I had never noticed before as a diehard Nightmare on Elm Street fan, and I, I know you're thinking, what does Nightmare on Elm Street have to do with the movie Beaches? Couldn't be more further apart between those two. But there's a scene where Hillary's daughter is playing um, on the beach and they call her over and she tells the two little kids, there's a little girl and a little boy, and she's like, keep working on this. I'll be back to inspect your work. And the little boy says, she's so bossy. And as I was watching it tonight, I'm like, that kid looks really familiar. He looks sort of like that kid that plays Jacob in Nightmare on Elm Street 5. So, of course, I had to start digging. And sure enough, that's exactly who it is. So the poor kid looks the exact same as an adult. <laughs> so um, it was pretty easy to spot him um, as that character. But I had never noticed that before. This, So this is the first time in however many dozens of viewings of this movie did I see that. Um, so... The you know the in the eighties and nineties lifetime and some of the some of the other stations they would create life or they would create TV movies that were just so close to the blockbuster and um, there was a movie that came out and I'm pretty sure it was Lifetime but it may have been like a CBS or something but it was a TV movie and it was also a favorite of mine and we have two best friends. Um, one is a high-powered workaholic executive, and um, she takes some time off, and she goes out to live with a friend who's a sculptor, and she learns that her friend has terminal cancer um, with only months to live. And over the course of those months, she learns that her friend wants her, it's got Shelley Long and Lindsay Wagner in it, um, and she learns that her friend wants to leave her daughter to her. And it's very similar to Beaches in a way, you know, that we get this big buildup there, there's fighting, and then all of a sudden we realize how much this means to someone, and then, you know, we're all a big happy family, and then the character dies, and away we go. But the one thing that I still remember, uh, so I think this is from, I want to say it's like early 90s. It's called A Message from Holly. And the one thing that I still to this day remember about this movie is at the very end, they go out to the studio that her friend worked in. And there's a, uh, a sculpture of an angel's wing. And it is the coolest thing. Uh, but it's very much the same as Beaches. So, you know, the movie touches on something that is a part of life, and, and that's death. I've watched people that were really young and healthy die far too young. And in this movie, when Hillary is in the hospital and the song Wind Beneath My Wings start to play, that gets me every single time. <laughs> it does not matter when or where I watch this, it, when I hear the song, it chokes me up. It does not matter. Um, for me, the song itself has a very personal meaning behind it. Uh, my track coach, uh, who I think I've talked about before, um, Coach House, he 
ended up getting pancreatic cancer and, and he passed away in 1994. And I spoke at this large memorial for him and that was the song that I quoted because it was so fitting for him. Because as a student athlete, his job was to make me in the spotlight, to make sure I got attention from college scouts, to make sure that I could get a scholarship in my future. And he did all these things while he was suffering tremendously in the background. And it was just so fitting for that song to be something. So every time I hear that song, I think of, of house. And so then today, although I watch the movie and I think of other things sometimes too, I hear the song, think of house and off goes the, the waterworks. But another favorite part of this movie is actually the very end. So when they're closing up Hillary's house and Cece is walking out with her daughter um, and it, she's slowly singing glory of love in the background. And then it kind of morphs into her performing at like, I don't know, the Oscars or some, some kind of event. Cause she's all dressed up and we hear the voiceover start. And as Cece's walking out with Hillary's daughter, she's like, you know, I sang that song the first night that I met your mother. And she's like, um, I was out there smoking a cigarette and she was like, you were smoking. What else did you do? And CC says, whatever they told me not to. And then we have the voiceover from them as kids saying, uh, Hillary saying, be sure to keep in touch CC. Okay. And then CC responds with sure. We're friends, aren't we? And it's just such a, a great way to end this movie. Um, and it, it's one of my favorites. It always has been, uh, any, any kid of girls, especially of the eighties and nineties probably watched this numerous times. I remember getting together for friends that were moving, um, and we would watch this and we'd all cry and, you know, you'd, oh, I'll never, never stop being friends with you, blah, blah, blah. And then you go to different high schools and then you go to different colleges and then you move across the country and, um, you might be friends on Facebook, but that's about as far as it goes today. But uh, it's a good classic movie. Highly recommend it. Um, if you ever want to blast industry and auto titsling, I'm your gal. It's available on my playlists because <laughs> I listen to it frequently. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I've got for you today. Kind of a lighthearted one in a way. Um, true classic movie. Make sure you go watch it if you haven't seen it. Uh, if you haven't yet, make sure you go over to Instagram, say hello, introduce yourself, um, and make sure that you also uh, give a review on your podcast platform. Let me know what you like, what you want to hear more of. I love doing this, so I want to keep it going, but I want to make sure that it's something that you are enjoying. So that's all I've got for you today. Take care and be well.